I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Today we're talking with Barry Cinnamon. Many of you will remember Barry from his time at Westinghouse Solar and wonder where he'd gone. Well, Barry has started his own installation firm in San Jose, California, and he recently co-authored an industry white paper on the importance of reliable solar racking systems, and he's here to talk about it. Barry, welcome back to the program. Hey, great. Thanks for inviting me, Frank. First of all, fill our users in on what you've been doing since you left Westinghouse. Well, we sold the company to some people in Australia, and the company is still around as Westinghouse Solar, and I kind of semi-retired, but not really permanently. And, and I also had you know 10-year-old inverter repairs to do that people still kind of tracked me down. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And I first did it out of my wife's SUV, and then I got a pickup truck, and then I hired a crew, and then I got another pickup truck. Um, so basically what I'm doing is just residential installations in the immediate San Jose area. And I started up Cinnamon Solar just because I didn't really come up with a better name for the company. And um, I like to say that I'm just your local residential solar guy. And if I can't ride my bicycle to your house from my office, it's too far. So very, very localized. No plans at all to expand. I just want to keep it small and manageable. Who approached you to be part of the white paper process, and what particular expertise did you bring to it? And who are your co-authors? I was just kind of kicking around ideas with some people, and when I got back into the installation business, it was really apparent to me that many of the people within the solar industry itself, inverter companies, panel companies, consultants, they really didn't know how the panels got attached to the roof. If the industry participants really didn't know, obviously, because they're not up on the roof sitting there with an impact driver, the customers aren't going to know. And, you know, just that knowledge had to get out there. So I, I kicked around the idea with some people at Solar Marketing Group, which is a, a well-known San Francisco-based solar marketing company. And um, we got some interest from QuickMount PV, Orion Solar Racking, and Hadicon Solar to kind of help us offset a little bit of the the research and the, the uh, development cost of the white paper. So that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, as far as my expertise, I've been up on a roof really since 2001. Um, then when we got big, I wasn't on the roof as much anymore. But over the last year, I've been on the roof almost every day unless I'm traveling. So um, yeah, I still got a lot of hands-on expertise. And one of the surprises is things really haven't changed that much since 2001. But what, what I, I was surprised at was that um, a lot of the systems that, that I installed and other people installed 10 years ago were in great shape and some of them were not. And that's kind of how we developed the methodology within the white paper. Why did you focus on racking systems as opposed, say, to the panels or the inverters? Well, the, the panels and the inverters are, are kind of what I call productized. You, you, you buy a solar panel and they tell you how to install it. The inverters, you buy an inverter, they tell you how to install it. The mounting systems are, are lots of components, and especially when you talk about the grounding and the wiring, and even though there are manufacturers of these mounting systems, sometimes they say, all right, well, use a flashing or attach it to the roof with a lag bolt or ground it properly. So there's lots of variability in, in the way these things go together, and 
when when I um, you know when I kind of looked at the jobs that I'm doing now and the old jobs, it wasn't really clear to anybody but an installer exactly how to do the installations. What was the methodology you and your co-authors used to collect the data? Well, so the the, the question was, what's the best, most reliable, safest way to install systems, and if you look at the code, there's great requirements for that. Um, there's, there's listing standards. There's local codes. So there's instructions and a guide, guidelines on how to do it. The, the dilemma is how does, it really get in, how does it really get done in the field? So the methodology was um, mostly me, but, but I, I went to about 30 old systems that, that were in the San Jose area. Um, and I found 20 that kind of hit my criteria of being over 10 years old. Um, most of them that, that my crews did going back to 2001, 2002, 2003, but some from a bunch of other local Bay Area companies. And, um, you know, climbed around and looked at the condition of the racking, looked at the condition of the grounding, the wires, the roof attachments, the flashings, the non-flashings. Um, some of these systems um, I actually had removed and reinstalled because they needed to re-roof or in a couple of cases there were leaks. So um, we could see what happened. And it was, it was very instructive to see that all, most of the systems, you know, 10 years later were just fine, but there was a pattern of things that could go wrong and, and that's kind of the meat of the white paper. The report lists six different potential problems with racking systems. Can you describe each one in brief and explain why you focused on it? Sure. Um, well, you know, you start with lots of lots of issues, lots of potential problems, lots of ways to do things, and 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 we try to categorize them and boil them down into kind of the six most important things, and and not in any particular order, but I'll just kind of go down the list. Um, the, 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 the biggest problem is when you have water leaks around the mounting points. And um, you know, that, that can happen for a variety of reasons. One reason is um, 10 years ago, it wasn't required, it wasn't even standard industry practice in the solar industry to use flashings. Um, you were supposed to locate the rafter and put an L foot right into the roof and seal it up. If you did that properly, it always worked. The problem is sometimes you couldn't do it properly. So the most common problem we found was um, water intrusion around the mounts, and that was manifested by leaks in the attic or big leaks in the attic and rotting roofing materials. Um, so that was number one. And easy to fix, just you have to use a flashing, and you're, you're fine, and it's not going to leak. More expensive, more time consuming, but that's easy to fix. The second most common is missing rafters. And, and this is one of those things where you say, well, you're supposed to hit the rafter and you're fine. Um, unfortunately, there are very few supermen or superwomen in the industry that have x-ray eyes. And you cannot see a, a, a two by six or two by four rafter through a layer of composition shingle roof. And there is no instrument that we can use, that we can buy, even for $1,000 that's going to accurately find that rafter through the shingles reliably. You can estimate it. You can say, you know, the little green light beeps over here. You can tap with a hammer, but you can't really tell. And you're supposed to hit the rafter right in the middle. So what inevitably happens is you think you're there. You drill a pilot hole. You hit wood all the way down. You think you're there. You may be on the edge. Sometimes the installers are in a hurry to go to lunch. 
they just like, ah, this one's good enough, you know, you don't, then they go. So that's the most common thing. And you can't always go into the attic and find these. Sometimes the ceiling is closed. Sometimes it's down near the, the eaves where you just can't get there. Sometimes there's HVAC equipment in the way. So missing rafters is probably the, the biggest problem. And in my personal opinion, it's impossible to be 100% accurate. And But if you're 95% accurate and your guys are well-trained, then good flashings are going to cover you. So that was kind of number two. Um, the num number three problem was improper grounding. And the panels were generally grounded. The, the, the problem we found was that the fasteners used to attach the grounding lug weren't always stainless steel or you know, weren't done with current standards. And, and the way we used to do it in the industry, you know, even 10 years ago was it wasn't prohibited to put copper in, in, next to aluminum. Now you can't do that. Um, and when you do, you get galvanic corro corrosion and it, and, it, and it breaks. So that was kind of a fairly common thing where you'd see a grounding lug, the screw attaching the grounding lug to the panel was rusted or the the screw attaching the um, the grounding wire to the grounding lug was rusted. And it probably still had a ground, but it's just, you can see it's corroding, so that's no good. Um, fourth most common problem was improper wiring, and that basically is just when you got wires dangling down and, and hanging down onto the, onto the roof surface and collecting leaves, and that's just a, a result of sloppy work. Um, Surprisingly, as long as, not surprisingly, but it's what we, what we expected, as long as the zip ties were there in the shade, they were pretty good 10 years later. Um, I don't know about 20 years, but I'll tell you in 10 years. But um, they were, um, as long as you zip tied them up or you used metal or plastic wire clips, you're okay. Um, and now we've got problems like number five and six, improper attachment of panels to the racking or racks to the mounts. Um, a lot of times what happens is you got this bucket of parts in, for the racking system and you're going through the job and you find out, gee, I don't have this clamp or I, um, I, I've got to improvise somewhere. And what happens is when installers improvise using, say, a stainless steel uh, fender washer and a bolt instead of the right clamp, um, those things aren't as strong. They're not as robust. They're not going to provide ground and they're not going to last. So, once in a while, we found stuff that kind of loosened or, you know, they used uh, pressure-treated lumber on the roof, good for five years, good for 10 years, not good for 20 years. The, roof, the, the, the wood's going to rot up in that heat. Um, and then the last one, which we didn't see here, but we've experienced it, is snow and ice damage, where you have ice dams being created. It's pushing the panels up, and it could happen either up at the ridge or down at the, the gutter, but that, that could happen. So those are kind of the most common problems we had, we saw with mounting systems. And the other good news is all of the systems we looked at were electrically operating and pretty much working to spec. Tell our users how the report suggests they choose their mounting components. Well, the, the first thing to do is you kind of start from the roof surface on up. Find the right flashing for that roof surface. Find the right mounting component for that roof surface. And once you've got that done, then, you know, the, the racking, there's lots of good racking out there. Um, uh, Orion makes good racking. Hadicon makes good racking. A bunch of other companies make good racking. Um, so, so you've got the flashing, you've got the racking. Follow the instructions. 
um, and don't use field improvised components. That's that's the way to do it. And there's special grounding components you use, whether they're weaves, whether they're grounding lugs. Use those. Um, if you run out and you run to Home Depot and, and go to aisle three where the light bulbs and the electrical stuff is and you grab a bunch of those grounding lugs, they're going to rust. The lugs are good, but they generally don't have stainless steel fasteners. So use the right components. Barry, if these potential hazards aren't addressed early, what are the potential costs associated with the problems for homeowners down the road? When you're in business a long time, you got customers calling you up saying, you know, can you fix this? You know, my installer is gone or... or one case, two cases, we put systems in on, on um, shake roofs, and the roofs were maybe had another 10 years on them, and then so 10 years later, the customer says, all right, the rest of the roof has to get replaced. Oh, it's not leaking underneath your panels, but the rest of the roof's got to get replaced. Um, so we do a removal and reinstallation, but in terms of the costs, if it's a little leak, um, you know, maybe $500 to go up and fix it and have the roof or patch it, and, and hopefully there's not a lot of damage inside. But usually little leaks turn into big leaks, um, and, and in, if it's a big leak and, and the roof is bad and you've ruined the sheathing, um, uh, you know, a, a ballpark number in the industry, it's about 75 cents a watt to remove an array, stack it up, have a roofer come back in, re-roof it, put the mounting points back on, have the roofer flash those or you flash those, reinstall the system, recommission it, re-guarantee it. It's, it's like... 75 cents a watt. So that could be like $5,000 for removal and reinstallation to do it right. And then the other thing is, whichever installer did that, they own it. So they, they, in many cases, you have to pull new wiring because the wiring may have been broken when you're removing it or you, you know, you're now liable for the inverter and everything else. So you've got to kind of cover that. So it can be expensive. And then replacing a roof and replacing underlying water damage could be ten grand. So it sounds kind of crazy, but... Um, if installers are trying to save like $500 on a job by not using flashings or the improper flashings, um, five years from now, the homeowner could be looking at ten dollars to $15,000 worth of damage. Can you give my users any sense of what the wrecking and mounting segment of the industry is doing to alleviate these risks? Well, the industry's done a great job. And um, we, we have available from any manufacturer and distributor effective and affordable mounting components, racking, standoffs, flashings, it's all there. Um, and, and, it's, and you know most of it is code compliant if it's designed for the racking. The, the, the trick is the installers have to use that. And um, the, the challenge we have within the industry, and, and I encounter it you know, every month or so, is we're doing a job and we need two more special flashings or standoffs, and none of the local distributors carry that. So we have to call up our distributor, order it, FedEx it, costs 150 bucks to get it in two days. Um, so that's kind of a supply chain dilemma that we have within the industry. Um, and, and it's encouraging to see that as, as the industry grows, you've got more and more distributors, and some of these electrical distributors are, are, are now stocking certain solar components locally. And the established solar distributors are usually pretty quick with turnaround to FedEx out pieces. So... Um, we're doing a good job um, from a component standpoint. It's all there. The challenge is really on the supply chain of getting it on the roof when you're in the middle of getting the job done. 
What's the best way for people who are interested in the details of the report to download the entire thing? So the, the best thing to do is go to the Solar Marketing Group website, and uh, they've got the white paper there, uh, Solar Marketing Group's based in San Francisco. Just do a search for that. Um, you can also download it from the Cinnamon Solar website. But it's a, it's a, a good, thorough, objective paper, lots of good illustrations, lots of photos of... Um, the wrong way and the right way to do things, and um, I, you know, I, I uh, hope that people read it and and take it to heart to improve the caliber of every installation that goes up on a rooftop. Barry, it was great to catch up with you. We've been talking with Barry Cinnamon, owner of Cinnamon Solar, a solar installation firm in San Jose, California. He helped co-author a recent white paper on the importance of reliable solar racking systems. This has been Solar Speaks, Solar Power World Magazine's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Until next time.